real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So today is July 3rd, 2020, and we have the Rushmore event going on. Uh, that concerns me. I've been clear on that, uh, only because the UN has stepped up their game uh, with uh, working with the native tribes. And also that happenstance, happen, chance, tweet, that uh, the Democrats actually posted, if you remember, uh, claiming racism and how racist Rushmore is and how the Native American community should be upset, considering that there are so many groups right now uh, having our children sit in on UN training sessions of what it's like to have a new world, a new tomorrow. And it's not about climate change. It's about change of government, change of everything. So, uh, you know, that is uh, one thing that is concerning me uh, most recently, and I've been tweeting about it since the 25th of May when I heard chatter. So now we see uh, stories being changed by the mainstream media, right? We're seeing shifts in narratives. Uh, you know, CNN ate a lot of crow and, mind you, made Joe Biden look really, really stupid. Honestly, though, who doesn't think he is? He's a puppet, right? He is a puppet. He has nothing else, uh, you know, to, <laughs> to offer the world, right? Nothing else to offer the world except for what you are seeing, which is rubbish, that is all we see. Rubbish, rubbish, rubbish. So how do we start today uh, by understanding uh, where we are going with all of this? Because the Giseline uh, Maxwell arrest happened. Remember, I told you that I, that I heard the conversation between Berman and the AG. They were blocking things. I tweeted about it a year ago when the block happened. Tweet, a year ago. Because we know where it's coming from. Pelosi's daughter even warned, oh, people we love so close to us, both Democrats and Republicans, are all going down with Epstein. And, you know, it was so funny. He, like, died, right? Almost instantly, the, mis the minute Governor Richardson's name was dropped, right? That's number one. And when uh, uh, Glenn and Eva Dubin, you know, we're talking big cancer center and all that stuff, right? When their names were dropped, right? We saw what happened. My, uh, what's his name? Uh, George Mitchell. His name was dropped. Boy, they had to get rid of him. They had to get rid of him. And now we're still waiting for the prince, Prince Andrew, to come and maybe have a discussion on this. But I'm going to tell you what. Attorney General Barr is going to be delivering a package to Nunes very, very soon. Special delivery. The end of July-ish, I said after the 20th. In that package, a lot will manifest that happened way before A.G. Barr's time now, like right now. Things that happened from the time he was A.G. before in Till now, all covering up crimes against humanity and children. Now, this will be delivered 
And you will also see how even the special counsel, special counsel Mueller, was indeed covering up as well. It is going to be the most insane delivery we will ever hear about. It's crazy, guys. It is very crazy. So let's start with what the prosecutor says, how he welcomes Prince Andrew to talk to us. Listen to this. Attorney for Jennifer Rose, who you saw um, moments ago, uh, who alleges that she was raped by Epstein and has brought a suit against Ghislaine Maxwell, Epstein's estate and others. Uh, Attorney Daniel Kaiser joins me now. Daniel, thank you for being here. Um, Jeffrey Epstein managed to escape prosecution for such a long time. It took a long time for the law to catch up with him, and then he killed himself. Um, Ghislaine also has escaped it for a long time. Do you believe that it is going to change now? Daniel, are you hearing me okay, Daniel Kaiser? I think we're having a problem with Daniel's audio. Um, So that is, you know, one of the big questions, as Ghislaine Maxwell is now in custody, as I said, by U.S. Marshals, um, and they will keep a very close eye on her. Hold on, U.S. Marshals. Let's talk about U.S. Marshals for a second. Across the nation, across the nation, right, we have U.S. Marshals that partake in child and human trafficking. On December 31st, 2016, the U.S. Marshal of the state of North Dakota resigned at night with no notice, none whatsoever. December 31st, 2016. No media picked it up. Nobody talked about it. And uh, just a couple weeks earlier, his deputy, a deputy U.S. Marshal in North Dakota, was charged with crimes against children, sexual crimes against children. Now, here is how it goes. We have her in the possession of the U.S. Marshals. How come we don't see it? How come we can't see it? How come we don't see a picture of life? Because, you know, apparently someone snapped a picture, and thank God for that patriot at BBC, if it is, in fact, true, because they do do this. An article destined to be published on July 11th indicates that Ghislaine Maxwell will be transported to the hospital with severe coronavirus uh, issues. Of course, This is how they will take her out. They will infect her through the food, through the water. Now, why did I tweet that? Remember, I've told you that time is in a constant flux. We cannot change the past, but we could definitely change the future. And if we are allowed to tell those that are coming forward to change the future or not change it, to create the future they want, like a dead Maxwell, well, and if we are loud enough and say, hey, wait a minute, what's this? This better not happen, because if it does happen, <laughs> all eyes on everything. That's what we should be doing. This is why I tweeted it out and said, hey, BBC, want to confirm what's going on here? You know, is, is that when the hit job happens? Asking for a friend. Because this is how it works. You know, with, um, with Bader Ginsburg, it was... Perfect. It was perfect. So we'll see how that goes. Now, someone actually responded saying uh, that BBC did not post stories saying Ghislaine Maxwell moved 
to faked image. This is Lead Stories. Ah, Lead Stories is actually a fact-checking site that Facebook uses, just so you know. So whoever, uh, you know, tweets Lead Stories, they need to understand this is the new Snopes. So I've already put it out to my friends to see where and how, um, you know, we can verify it and we can find breadcrumbs. I'm pretty sure the NSA is all over that Uh, because, you know, 72 hour hold basin, we can see everything. So um, Lead Stories is a Facebook fact checker. They fact checked me and said that Barack Hussein Obama did not contribute $3.7 million to the Wuhan lab when there's documentation that that actually happened. So this is just Snopes uh, revamped by Facebook. So (laughs) people are saying that it's fake. Kind of not. If they've put it out there, I don't trust them as far as I can read their names, which is pretty fast and short. So let's see what else, you know, let's see when he responds, uh, if he responds, what um, Fox has to say about Ghislaine Maxwell. Now, I reposted an article that I had published about a year ago in regards to Edgar Bronfman, Maxwell, and Les Wexner. A lot of people think that Wexner was the one that created uh, Epstein. But Epstein was actually groomed and created by Edgar Bronfman, uh, which is Claire Bronfman's daddy, which was the one that was heading out Nixium, you know, the other sex cult, and um, Robert Maxwell. And so what we have is the daughter of Robert Maxwell, who was grooming Epstein, was Epstein's handler. You understand what I'm trying to tell you? Epstein was the man doing things because even in their groups, they put men first. They're actually quite sexist. Women usually do most of the commanding and they're the evil and vicious ones, but the men are in command. Uh, Never will they allow a female to be in command because they're weaker, apparently. Uh, So here we are, Ghislaine Maxwell, which is Jeffrey Epstein's handler from the time that they created Jeffrey Epstein uh, with Bear Stearns. I have a whole article that I put over a year ago about it. So it's very interesting. We'll go through it, but let's just listen to what Fox has to say. Uh, there she is pictured. She, she worked uh, for like an Oceans nonprofit uh, after she kind of separated herself from Jeffrey Epstein after he was arrested and she tried to kind of recreate herself in, in that mode. Um, it will be very interesting to hear the story that she has to tell and whether or not she, too, will claim that she was manipulated by him, as so many of these women say that they were. Um, but her story and, you know, it, it's also worth reiterating that the Department of Justice, I asked um, Bill Barr about this, the attorney general, when I interviewed him months ago, um, and he made it clear that this was a priority for the Department of Justice. And I think that's what's been quietly working behind the scenes here as we see this FBI arrest. Um, let me try again with Daniel Kaiser. Can you hear me, Daniel? I can hear you. Yes, good to be with you. So tell me, what what was your reaction to this news this morning? Uh, Ghislaine Maxwell is a monster, and she's now in custody, and that's a very good thing. Um, My client, Jennifer, is relieved, um, as is, I'm sure, all the victims of of, uh, Jeffrey Epstein and Miss Maxwell. Miss Maxwell was the ringmaster. She was the architect of Jeffrey Epstein's sex ring. She hid it. She maintained it. Um, If not for her... 
um, the rig wouldn't have persisted for as long as it did, and it would not have victimized as many people at it, as it did, as many young girls, um, including my clients. So this is a good day. Um, it is a it is a high-profile co-conspirator who has finally been arrested. My client has been asking for this since last summer, um, calling for um, her arrest, and, and she is so happy um, that the federal authorities have now done it. So, so a good day, uh, someone, being, someone being held responsible. Yep. Were you surprised that she was still in the country? Um, you know, she had bought the house in cash. She, you know, changed her cell phone numbers and did a lot of things to try to stand under the radar. But I think it's a bit surprising that she didn't leave the country. Um, I, I'm a bit surprised. We, we've been looking for her since last August. My, my firm, the investigators we've hired, um, and we haven't been able to find her. I, I suspected that the FBI probably was keeping track of her and knew where she was, um, but we weren't able to find her. So I, 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 I feared she may be overseas, uh, somewhere inaccessible. So um, just just relieved that she was, she was available for arrest. Well, uh, we'll see where it goes from here. Pretty funny because I had sent that information myself uh, to the Department of Justice of where she was. So it might be interesting to see how um, maybe someone at the Department of Justice needs to be knocked out if that information didn't get to where it needed to go, when it needed to go, how it needed to go. Because I've been talking about these shell companies, right, guys? I've been talking about these shell companies forever. A shell company. One and another and another and another. And it was also reported that a highly, ni- uh, what was it called? A nicely crafted, uh, uh, that's the way they worded it, um, LLC, anonymous LLC, set it up and put it there. So, um that is exactly how she bought that property and stayed there. Whoa, wait, New Hampshire, right? <laughs> Let's think about New Hampshire. What did I say a year ago when I discovered that that purchase happened? Oh, wasn't I talking about New Hampshire University and crimes against children and how they're linked? And I had put a bunch of photos about this UK-linked company with the University of New Hampshire. Remember where Michelle Obama had actually gone to stomp for Hillary? Do you remember that? Yeah. See, the thing is about corrupt people is that they're creatures of comfort. They like to recycle things. They like to recycle everything they've done. It's always the same thing over and over and over again. It's like, come on, man, we're tired of this. Okay? We're tired. We've seen this movie, well, I have. I've seen it a few times, going back and forth, back and forth. Hopefully next week. I will show you something that I snagged from 19, you know what? When I was a little kid, you'd be like, how is that even possible, Tori? Well, you know, sometimes you just know. I have a very, 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 one, two, three, so a 30-year-old document where Ghislaine's daddy was completely praised by everyone in the media. You know, he owned the New York Daily News. You know that, right? Uh, He owned the media So if you want to know who's funding CNN, who's funding the New York Times, who's really funding them, right? Because I know and that you all know and we all know that there's a very small amount of companies 
uh, and people that own the mainstream media globally, about 98% of it. But the people, those, those names, those six, link back to the 13. Who, when are we going to see these 13? Because everyone keeps thinking, oh, it's Ghislaine Maxwell. She's a handler, you guys. She wasn't his girlfriend. Her dad, along with Bronfman, created Epstein. They created Epstein, right? So she was his handler. She was there simply to hold on to him. Wait till we get to news that I know we're going to be breaking probably next week about Florida. We got to start talking about Palm Beach. We got to talk about Lois Frankel, who's now in Congress, who happens to be running to keep her seat that Laura Loomer is going to snag from her. How she knew about pedophile Epstein. She was the mayor when the police were investigating Epstein. Who's the mayor? Oh, the mayor's in charge of the police, right? The boss of the police is the mayor of that city, right? So she was in charge of the police department. So when he was sitting pretty, going to sleep only in prison, who was in charge of that? Oh, yeah, that's right. Lois Franco. You see? Oh, so when... Did Lois know? She knew everything. She knew everything. And I know that story is going to be coming out next week at some point. I mean, you know, it's all about the timeline. And this is why I told Laura before she even thought of running, girl, you're going to be Congresswoman. Run. Because I already know. And I think on YouTube, I have my November 2018 episode where I tell you she's going to become Congresswoman. I tell you she's going to become Congresswoman. And she wasn't even thinking about it. You know, she just had me in her ear when she handcuffed herself to Twitter. And I said, oh, my gosh, you're really going to become Congresswoman Laura Loomer. She's like, Tori, are you insane? It's like I'm chained to this door here and you're going to be a Congresswoman. I told her that because I remembered the person that changed themselves to Twitter, Loomer, did that, and then she became congresswoman. I remembered history, <laughs> but it didn't happen, Tori. How do you know what I know? You don't. Because time is not linear. Time is not circular. It's all chaotic, as always. So I'm going to tell you this. We're going to find out who at the Justice Department was covering what, who exactly had retained uh, Mr. Epstein. Oh, shoot. Who was the FBI director at the time? Oh, gosh darn it. Because it wasn't the FBI. <laughs> so I'm just saying I don't mean to gloat because I know we're in for a lot of pain starting today. Up until the 20th, it's going to be insane. It is. It's going to be insane. We're getting wins, but it's going to be insane. Okay? It is going to be not good for us. We're going to feel the pain because pain goes two ways. Right? If, if you hurt, believe it or not, the person next to you hurts, even if they're unrelated to you. So when these demons are shrieking, you're going to feel it, especially because they want to lash out, of course, right? We know that. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm just telling you, she's going she's gonna to win Congress, and she's going to be a voice. She's gonna, she is making history, and all those people out there that called her everything under the sun, those that pretended to be her friend are all going to flock to her slowly, Right? Slowly. Slowly. 
but she's smarter than that. She's got the right people around her. Now, I wanted to um, talk about eating crow a little bit, uh, because since I was talking about eating crow, and I'm going to take us back in time (laughs) to April 11th, 2020. Take a listen to this uh, nice CNN health uh, report. Why not just let the science speak for itself? Why are you promoting this drug? I'm not. I'm not. You Save come lives. out here every day, right, sir, talking about the benefits I, of I want them to try it, and it may work and it may not work. But if it doesn't work, it's nothing lost by doing it, nothing. Because mean? we know long term what I want, I want to save lives. And I don't want it to be in a lab for the next year and a half as people are dying all over the it's place. Out there. Would you also weigh in on this issue of hydroxychloroquine? What, what do you think about this? And what is, the, what is the medical evidence? That question? Yeah. Well, I, I Maybe 15, the doctor. 15 times. You don't have to ask He's, he's your medical expert, correct? <laughs> he's answered that okay. question 15 times. Wow. Jonathan, he wouldn't even let Dr. Fauci answer the question because he knew what Dr. Fauci would say, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, Fauci said it publicly a number of times. Um, he's uh, re-emphasized the point that much more data is required uh, to say that hydroxychloroquine is effective against the coronavirus, that you need to have double-blind, randomized control trials done at And a reminder, Ted Rose is a leading expert in malaria, right? Remember that, right? And he knows everything there is to know about hydroxychloroquine. But apparently this one slipped. And, you know, this is April 11th, okay? CNN uh, praising Fauci the fraud, Fauci the servant of the 13, right? (laughs) That he's in disagreement. Take a listen. Let's finish it. It's got one more minute, then we'll move on to May. At large scale, And President Trump has continually said, we don't have time to do that. What have you got to lose? Uh, On the flip side of that, you've got groups like the FDA saying, well, uh, you know, they've cautioned against hospitals and pharmacies buying excessive amounts of the drug because they're worried about shortages for people who need it for what it is uh, actually prescribed for. Right. I mean, there are people who are um, taking hydroxychloroquine for autoimmune diseases, et cetera. And so the fact that the president is touting it, um, people worry that they won't be able to get their actual prescriptions. Is there a supply of hydroxychloroquine in the national stockpile right now? Yeah. President Trump says there are 29 million doses of hydroxychloroquine in the strategic national stockpile. And the task force has mostly most of most everyone in it has agreed to surge supply to hotspots around the country and it, and it is true that doctors are uh, using the drug in certain cases uh, for cor- for the coronavirus but it hasn't been proven in a in a randomized large scale trial the, the trials that have been done are smaller in China and France one of them had a control group but it's it's a small sample and it was not a double blind trial so the the doctors knew what they Yeah, we can't give them the cure right away. We need to have this place shut down. So that was number one, right? So now we're going to go to Biden uh, talking about it. Um, This is May 20th, 2020. And they talk about hydroxychloroquine. Take a listen. David, thanks so much for being here. This essay was great radio fodder for me and my listeners this week on two or three different days. And here's a question that glad came to, up. Glad to help, Why? 
Yeah, thank you. By the way, give me something for next week, too, would you? But one of the questions that came up is, why would the two Davids, Axelrod and Pluff, put this in the New York Times instead of picking up the phone and calling the former Veep or his campaign apparatus? What, if anything, can we read into how you delivered the message? Well, first of all, um, the piece was assigned to us by the New York Times. They were interested in how Biden adjusts to the new reality of campaigning uh, in the COVID-19 era. So we were responding to that request. It wasn't meant as a message to the Biden campaign. You know, the Biden campaign has a, a new campaign manager, Jen, Jen O'Malley Dillon, who was the deputy manager of the Obama campaign in 2012, probably as skilled uh, a manager and organizer as there is in the country. So she could have written this piece if they asked her to. Uh, so it wasn't meant as a message. I know it was interpreted as that, but it does raise an important challenge that they're having to deal with, which is that uh, robbed of the, the tools that you usually have to campaign, traditional uh, tools, and stuck, at least for the time being, in your home. How do you, uh, how do you campaign against a president who is a ubiquitous presence, a man who looks to be in action, even if the action sometimes is chaotic and self-defeating, and, uh, and uh, without the, the video, and, and also without a position, so that the president has a position here that, that gives him a platform in an era when COVID-19 is of great interest, and so do governors and mayors. Uh, Biden doesn't have that. So uh, that, uh, that was where we... Uh, that was what prompted us to write the piece. Uh, and the answer is you have to really hone these virtual tools. You have to be very aggressive in, in, uh, and on the balls of your feet, uh, both offensively and defensively. He could win, Michael. He, uh, Joe Biden might win just by dint of uh, how the president is handling this crisis, which is all encompassing for the American people. So this is David Axelrod. Remember, he was the former senior advisor to Barack Hussein Obama, right? And remember, uh, Dylan, who is the um, now campaign manager for Biden, was the one that tweeted out how much money they raised right after the riots, right? Where we all know now that everything that was supposed to be going for, what was it, George Floyd? Oh, my gosh, George Floyd, he died. We need to just pay millions and millions. Act Blue got all of it. <laughs> kind of like you remember how Ilhan Omar was, uh, you know, uh, pushing, uh, you know, oh, we're raising money for this. And it was going straight to her campaign. Yeah, that one. So they raise money through the riots. This is how they make money because no one's contributing. No one. No one is contributing. And now they're finding ways to get foreign money through these movements. This is why we had riots for Black Lives Matter in England, freaking Greece, for real, and other places. Because then everyone's giving money, right, to these causes, and that's going straight into the pockets of the Democrats. So we had the insane tweet, oh, you know, uh, I, we're making money, but this interview, May 20th, was... But telling you exactly what their strategy was. Let's make President Trump look dumb. Make him look like he doesn't know how to fix coronavirus. Trash hydroxychloroquine. Keep doing it, media. You're doing a great job because that's where he's going to bank. In the meantime, Joe Biden is going to stay hidden in a basement because he can't speak. 
And we're getting the best people from Google, the best people that can deep fake things. And where's Hunter Biden? Guarantee you he's with one of the best makeup artists to sit there, uh, you know, because there are small nuances that you cannot change. Put them side to side. You know, this is where it is. That is what's happening. And CNN it lied and they did it unapologetically. Listen, um, you know, right after the break, because I want to play my president's commercials, right? Uh, we're going to um, and the people that I that I that I fully support. I, 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 I don't have sponsors for my show, guys. I don't. I w- would love it if I agree with them. I'm that type of person. Only if I can back you 100% will I put you to advertise your stuff, right? And this is why I, what, put my, the, my most favorite campaign, uh, you know, soundbite of President Trump, uh, you know, Michael Flynn Jr. saying thank you to everyone. And of course, my friend, Laura Loomer. See you right after this break. Forgotten men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer. The time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the hour of action. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. Every decision will be made to benefit American workers and American families. America will start winning again, winning like never before. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. Do not allow anyone to tell you that it cannot be done. No challenge can match the heart and fight and spirit of America. We will not fail. Our country will thrive and prosper again. Your voice, your hopes, and your dreams will define our American destiny. When America is united, America is totally unstoppable. After nearly four years, my family's nightmare is finally over. We couldn't have survived this without the love and support of the millions of patriots around the world. Thank you from the bottom of our heart. Hi, I'm Laura Loomer, and I'm running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District. Wouldn't it be horrible if we lived in a nation where journalists were silenced just because they confronted the political and media elite? You might think that could never happen in America, but it did, and to me. For confronting people like Hillary Clinton on her corruption and Ilhan Omar for her ties to radical Islamic terror groups, I have been banned on pretty much every single social media platform. And if that doesn't sound extreme enough, I'm also banned on Uber and Lyft. I know, I cannot understand that last one either. When this all happened to me, I contacted the media and members of Congress. I asked them for help. I kept calling, I kept emailing, but I never received a reply. And that's when it hit me. I'm a well-known journalist who has the phone numbers of the most powerful people in politics and media, yet I couldn't get any assistance. What on earth would the average American do if the same thing happened to them? I realized then that if I wanted to see change, that I would need to run for office. 
The American people deserve representation that listens to and acts on their concerns. So here I am, running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District, because the American people deserve a voice and a representative who, like President Trump, will keep the promises they make and speak up loudly and clearly for that silent majority. All right. Welcome back, everyone. So here we are, um, you know, moving along to just demonstrate how CNN is eating a big plate of crow right now. Super big plate. And um, it's going to be pretty incredible to see just how they spin this with the second wave that no one's buying, by the way. No one is buying the second wave. But this interview with David Axelrod, CNN, saying Biden is winning just by letting Trump be Trump. This is what they they say. Uh, but obviously, uh, you know, they're the Wizard of Oz's, you know, uh, illusion mask and fire. Uh, that's actually, uh, you know, guys, I have like seven articles pending. I, I don't know where to start. I'm trying to take these UN classes. I'm trying to follow up on certain things. And I'm getting together with patriots, uh, you know, that have been anonymous for a very, very long time. July 4th, I'm going to be celebrating it with some really big patriots coming around from across America and tomorrow we get to meet and uh, you know and hang out together so I'm, I'm really really excited uh, I, I think all of us should celebrate and um, you know do show the world why you love America you know my, my friend Chris Berg uh, a journalist right as you know uh, I, I simply adore him he's been putting out vid- videos asking people to do like a short clip why they love America. I think maybe we should all do that. And maybe I'll do one too, uh, you know, on July 4th. We should start a trend, why I love America. And just a little video of yourself, you know, you could do it with a Snapchat filter if you want. I probably will because I don't think I'm going to be plucking these eyebrows anytime soon. But um, this is what we should be doing is becoming vocal because we're the news. We are in control. Remember, we elected every single one of those clowns. And now you're starting to see that even your Republican clowns, the ones that are supposed to be standing by you, are the ones that are staying silent. And why are they staying silent? Ah, because, ah, <laughs> because they're part of the swamp, too. And it's about time we see it. You know, I've I've been I was I was really, um, you know, attacked on Twitter, uh, you know, in 2018 and even 2017 when I was, you know, pounding on Lindsey Graham, pounding on him. And and everyone was like, no, because he drew a sword, a fake sword, you know, in, uh, you know, protecting Kavanaugh, for example. Come on, man. You can see right through that. Someone can play and straddle the fence. But like I said, if you straddle the fence long enough, at one point your foot's going to slip and it's going to be ouchies, right? And this is the ouchies that you're going to see CNN go through. They're already going through the motions. There's only so much that they can still be funded to stay afloat. Remember, they've had more firings within their organization than any other. And they are staying afloat. It's like they're in the water and their nose is the only thing above it to breathe. Because, as I've said, the shadow economy has collapsed and they are fighting for their life. Listen to this part of the interview. You'll understand. 
But in campaigns, you never want to leave it to chance. You don't, you don't back into the presidency. You don't want campaigns to happen to you. So quickly upgrading all of these techniques on ver, uh, online are going to be, is going to be very, very important for the vice president. You wrote, among other things, online speeches from his basement won't cut it. Written pronouncements on this issue or that may have won attention during his many years in office, but will get little pickup now. Broadcast interviews are fine, but most valuable only if they generate a great and memorable line that becomes widely shared and consumed as a video moment. So if the status quo is inadequate, talk specifics. What exactly should he be doing? Well, he, you know, if you look at his uh, social media footprint, uh, uh, Donald Trump's following and his campaign's following uh, dwarfs the Biden following by a, a, a factor of 15 to 1. Uh, and so you want to quickly build that out. You're never going to catch up. But we, we discuss various techniques you can use to expand uh, your footprint. You have to become active uh, on, uh, on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram uh, and TikTok. Uh, and and you need to develop constantly be developing content for all of these and that are unique uh, to them. Did you hear that TikTok? Oh, you mean China TikTok? Uh, and so you need to create a content studio and really be in the production business all the time, not necessarily using Biden, but his army of surrogates who are interesting and compelling to people and can do fun things that will get their attention. The goal being to get people to share this material uh, with their friends uh, and expand uh, your universe. You have to organize that way. You remember, you can't even knock on doors uh, these days uh, because people aren't going to answer and you're not allowed in many places. So how are you going to reach people? Well, you have to do it virtually and uh, you have to have this relational organizing. Um, So all these things, uh, I I mean, there's a piece in the Post this morning about the Biden campaign uh, being about the business of, of trying to do all of these things. But they're having a retrofit a campaign that, frankly, was wanting in the primaries and didn't have the resources or the wherewithal to do those kinds of things. Most of the other leading campaigns were far ahead of them in this virtual campaigning. Uh, They don't have an option now. Well, David, there's a headline from the Post as well this morning that says that the Biden campaign has gone on a hiring spree, maybe in response to what you published with with David Clough. There's something a hiring spree. Remember when I told you that they were hiring coders, deep fake video guys, and, uh, you know, techies from Google and getting all this? This is the hiring spree they were talking about. Something else that I've read recently that you're reminding me of, and it's this. Robert Draper for the Times Magazine a week ago, he profiled Brad Parscale, and I interviewed yes. him on Sirius XM about this. I want to put on the screen and, and read to you something that he wrote. This is what Parscale told him that his this is what parscale told him staff the trump campaign had identified 110 million likely trump voters in the u.s and he added according to the polls he'd seen we could win this just by getting about 72 million of them to show up the point being that you know there's a side of the campaign out of the public view that the trump folks are very adept at and i think that's what you were commenting on where where the former vice president really needs to up his game 
Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, they've been, you know, for all of the president's infatuation with television, they've been a digital first campaign from the beginning. And they have been very, very aggressive in in developing and testing content constantly that will provoke their uh, their supporters to act that will expand their uh, their their circle. And um, there there was another piece uh, yesterday in the Post by Dave Weigel, who um, uh, who signed up for both campaigns, and he described the experience of being yes. both a Trump and a Biden <laughs> yes. supporter. That was very, very telling because the Trump experience was much more enveloping and motivational than the Biden experience. So there is a gap. Uh, and I don't believe that the uh, Biden campaign is staffing up uh, as a result of our piece. I think they've been doing that for weeks. I think what happened was uh, that they decided to, to, to pull the curtain up on what they were doing, uh, be, perhaps because of questions about the piece. But they just have, it's a very difficult task to do this quickly. We're going to start voting in, what, 170 days or something, uh, early voting. Uh, so there's a short period of time, and they can't even be in the same room to talk about it. Um, so uh, they're trying to retrofit a campaign that wasn't really set up for this. They're doing it virtually, and they're doing it at warp speed. It's a real task. It is a real task. Because <laughs> how do you beat someone that can't be beat? Uh, by cheating, of course, right? By cheating. Because today, uh, you know, and eating some crow. Because today, uh, at 3 o'clock in the morning, of course, <laughs> CNN published an article. A surprising new study found that the controversial anti-malarial drug, hydroxychloroquine, helped patients better survive in the hospital. A team at Henry Ford Health System in Southeast Michigan said this Thursday in a study of 2,541 hospitalized patients found those that were given hydroxychloroquine were much less likely to die. Dr. Marcus Zervos, a Greek guy, by the way, division head of infectious disease for Henry Ford Health System, said 26% of those not given hydroxychloroquine died compared to the 13% of those who got the drug. The team looked back at everyone and treated in the hospital system since the first patient in March. Overall, crude mortality rates were 18.1% in the entire cohort, 13.5 in the hydroxychloroquine alone, and 20.1 among those receiving hydroxychloroquine plus azithromycin and 22.4 among azithromycin alone group and 26.4 for neither drug. Okay, so uh, this has obviously been an experiment for them. I want you guys to understand this. Your mother is sick. You are sick. Your husband's sick. Your wife is sick. Your kid is sick from coronavirus. And the doctors, instead of treating them for what they need, they decide this one's going to get hydroxychloroquine. This one's going to get hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin. This one's only going to get the antibiotic. And this one's not going to get anything. Are you, see are you catching on to what I'm trying to tell you? That's terrifying, isn't it? But that is the reality. That is the reality of our health system. So when I tell you that you go and get flu vaccines and you're put in a group so they can test it, this is what I want you to remember. I want you to remember how they said hydroxychloroquine is working and how they did that. How did they do that? Oh, that's right. Because they used groups of people that were sick and told you how that works. So that is one thing 
You have to remember, remember that whenever you see it. Whenever you see you must come in for a vaccine, whenever you see flu vaccines going, whenever you see this, uh, you know, you got to remember that, that they did this. (laughs) They so did this. But, you know, no one really listens anymore uh, because we've lost that ability to do it. And no one seems to remember anymore either. And that sucks, too. Now, uh, moving along from uh, coronavirus, I wanted to uh, play a clip that I uploaded today, and I'm going to fast forward to where it is, um, where the good part is. So Chris is down at Mount Rushmore. I wanted to go, but I couldn't. Uh, You know, obviously, uh, there's financial, right? Obviously, there's, uh, you know, not being able to do that because (laughs) it's just pretty much. Um, tickets were just like insane, like $700 round trip. I was just like, yeah, so not to, and I'm not going to drive 18 hours. So I, uh, because I physically can't, but I wanted to play a clip. Um, so, you know, he's down there with another journalist, a guy that I don't like because, you know, he's more of the person that'll not hit for the news. Um, you know, everyone in North Dakota trusts Scott Hennon to give him the news, but he received a plaque from the pedo group. And I actually wrote an article on Tory Says, and I uh, talked about what this plaque really means. And when he received that plaque, I was like, oh, he's in not Of course not to do. Oops. Let me put him on. Let me see if I can actually put the video on. I'm going to try this. Okay, guys. Um, so bear with me for those of you on YouTube. Um, bear with me on seeing if I can actually get this done. So it's share screen. Still working with this. And I am going to find it now. Um... Gosh darn it. Where is it? There we go. Share. So now we can play it. All right, here we go. He's going to start talking about how he met this woman. Let's go. So uh, Jack Brewer will be there. They tell me some special guests. I don't know. You know, I mean, the president's got a little time before he goes to Mount Rushmore. I, I don't know. I, I can't say anything, but uh, no promises, but you never know. I would just be there, especially if you don't have a ticket to Mount Rushmore. You want to be at Main Street Square at 4 o'clock. So uh, Chris Berg is here uh, from POV, and uh, we, we just t- chatted with a delightful young lady during the break. That we I'm said, so we got to put you on the radio. So we're sitting here at this table, and uh, this is Jack, and we are doing a Facebook Live as well. But so Jack, we'll share with our audience, what was the first question you asked us when you saw us doing radio? Oh, my first question was, are you fake news or are you real news? <laughs> <laughs> you got to be careful these days because everybody's fake news. And Chris and, said, thank you for asking. Yeah. yeah. And as you can tell, she does not have a North Dakota accent. Oh, so, no. And she tells us her story, which I'm going to let her share because I was like, wait, what? So please share. All right. Well, my mom thinks I'm crazy. My whole family thinks I'm crazy. But I am part of the QAnon movement and let me tell you something this has been the most life-saving journey i'm so happy to be awake right now so i got here to south dakota from queens new york like our great president um all the way from new york drove here with a bunch of QAnons that i met through facebook through instagram through twitter we are all here this is also my brother right here yeah. Is he woke? He, oh, he's 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 woke. Oh, oh, he's all day, every day. Yeah, yeah. He was there. And look, <laughs> we have a special guest coming tonight who I believe is uh, my great uncle Vincent Fusca. I don't know if you guys know him. Uh, I'm pretty sure you guys know who Vincent Fusca is. Maybe heard the name, but did you say Fusca? Vincent Fusca. Educate who? me. Who, who? Oh, the JFK Jr. 
you know, platform 2020. This was the last episode of the last, yeah, no, the last uh, the magazine. Last edition, yeah. yeah. Right. But so you jumped into a car with people you've never met before, all the way from Queens, to come to South Dakota? Oh, yeah, well, we're here to support, first of all, uh, President Trump, the first family, and um, this is like the most patriotic movement. This is what we all stand for. This is our last standing, basically, right now. Um, you know, we need mass consciousness. We need people to wake up to the false narrative that is constantly shoved down our throats 24-7 by the left-wing media. They gotta go. All of these Democrats and rhinos who have been in power for a very, very long time and have not done one thing to make change, they gotta go. Like, this is mass consciousness. This is why but, we are here. But, so I gotta ask you, so what, what makes you go, okay, I'm in Queens, and I'm gonna jump into a car with a bunch of strangers and go to Rapid City, South Dakota? Well, let me tell you something. Um, I'm a freelance car reporter in New York. I loved my job. I had the best job in the whole world. I just celebrated my best year ever financially, and all that was taken away from me because of these Democrats and their liberal agenda to push this virus down our throat. There's no regular work in courts right now. I'm sitting home collecting unemployment like a degenerate, which is not who I am. But, you know what? Might as well. Gas is cheap. Thank you, Uncle Donald. And I am here now. I got in that car, I came out here, and I'm so happy to be here to watch history unfold and everything that I've been following through QAnon, through this book, which you all need to read. It's called The Baron Trump Collection. It was written by Ingersoll Lockwood in 1890. This book is a manuscript of everything happening right now. It's three volumes. And um, it also includes a lot about young Baron Trump, who people like neglect to remember how smart his IQ is so high. Sometimes I actually think that he might be a big voice in the QAnon movement. Now, explain for folks that don't know the QAnon movement. I've read about it. I've heard about it. I, uh, I, I, I won't profess to understand it all, but it's a, it's out there a lot. You Just so you guys understand, Scott Hannon has a an AM radio show called The Flag. I think he owns the station or something like that. I don't know. And so he's, uh, while uh, Chris Berg works for a Fox affiliate and um, has his own show called POV, um, POV Now, uh, you know, he's with Scott Hennon and he's on the radio now with all his listeners in North Dakota getting Q-pilled. Uh, so, and uh, Scott Hennon is kind of getting Q-pilled too, uh, which is, which is all right. Because, again, you know, IIAs are very important. IIAs are what shape the future. And IIAs, without the Internet, let's just say reality hacking, has been happening for centuries. Now, this is something that, uh, you know, people have been doing for centuries, okay? Planting information. I've said this before. Do you think that music, lyric, writers were just all happenstance, happen chance? Were they? Hmm? Do you think that uh, books were happenstance, happen chance? Were they? This is what needs to get you thinking about how you see reality and how you see time. Because once you understand that, then everything makes sense. It's a very hard concept because it's contrary to what you know, our everyday lives are and what we stand for. So listen to the rest of this interview. It's, it, um, well... I'm not going to play the rest of this interview because we won't have time. But what I wanted to roll into now uh, is uh, let's talk. <laughs> let's talk about other things. Let's talk about what happened yesterday. Something really, really insane happened yesterday, right? We had a change of command. 
I want to tell you, uh, I want to leave this hour before we get into the next one uh, with uh, a bit of uh, history. Um, and those of you that are watching on Periscope and YouTube, it'll be silent for five minutes while the radio station, uh, you know, because wherever you're listening to me from, either online or through your radio, AM or FM, wherever you are, they play ads, you know, because those stations make money and that's how they do it. So it'll be silent. I want you to think about this for a second. Back in the Roman, during the Roman times, right? Caesars would come, Caesars would fall. Now, the murder of Tiberius, or, you know, history is skewed. They say there wasn't a murder. There was. Uh, um, Praetorians. Praetorians were the elite soldiers. The people that would protect the ruler, which would be called the imperatrix, at any cost. Now, these soldiers, uh, you would imagine with the red Roman hat and the spear and, uh, uh, you know, the shield. But I want you to think more of Stargate, if that helps. Now, there are very few that actually uh, were recruited. But when Tiberius came to power, the one thing he realized was with, that the women were the most loyal. And the reason the 13 do not use women is one reason. And the same reason as to why the Praetorians that have been hired defect as of today, too, is because the one thing that women have is this innate feel for youth and children, because obviously we bear children. So no matter how much brainwashing you do, there's going to be this one point for a woman to not be able to support the imperatrix, okay? And so being a Praetorian, uh, it's the most dangerous thing is to have one of them shift. Now, what are these? Well, we'll talk about it in the second hour. Stay tuned. All right. Welcome back, everyone. So for those of you on YouTube and Periscope, sorry about the silence. I would love to play some music for you. But, um, you know, YouTube yesterday for me playing some songs already hit me with like a copyright thing. <laughs> um, so I'm just not going to do it. Uh, even though I really want to jam out to some music like it's the final countdown. It's 20 days. Uh, you know, I can't wait till that special delivery hits the White House into Nunez's hands. That'll be incredible. I can't wait for that. Now, uh, I was talking about the Praetorians. So the Praetorians are uh, the crown jewel, as they say, of the United States Army. They're, uh, you know, they're usually based out of Fort Gordon, you know, where the com uh, comms are, etc. It's cyber. 
But unfortunately, you know, these cyber warfare uh, battalions uh, that the U.S. Army has um, feed into uh, the um, National Guard, too. And the National Guard is one of the uh, most um, sketchy uh, parts of our armed forces ever. And I say this um, uh, so you understand why Space Force will not create uh, a guard, a space guard. Uh, they will not do it. And the reason is, is because the National Guard is actually under the command of the governors. And I've made it clear to you, um, you know, and all of us are angry at this. And we should be angry at even the soldiers because they should have known better. Smell test and all. But back in the Ukraine, when we saw that civil war between Russians, Russian loyal Ukrainians and Ukrainians that were loyal to the globalists, in fact, the people inciting those riots that were identical to those that we saw with George Floyd were National Guardsmen. And all you have to do is take a look at which states have sister support, because if you actually look at the, um, I don't want to say charters, but like the the, the, the missions of each state's National Guard, uh, they, through the UN, have signed agreements with certain nations, and that state's National Guard would be deployed to help that nation uh, for whatever they need. So it was uh, pretty much California, which uh, has a treaty with the Ukraine, of course. I mean, of course they would, right? I mean, who's there? Schiff and all of them. And um, uh, they also have a treaty. Um, uh, New York has it as well with the Ukraine. So I just wanted to tell you, uh, this is where it gets a little bit um, hard. But this chain of change of command from, um, uh, you know, uh, one to another is uh, pretty incredible. Okay. Um in a statement, and I'm going to read this verbatim, Vile, so this is uh, uh, Colonel Brian D. Vile, uh, Vile um, had trained the best cyber soldiers, expanded operational capacity through improved infrastructure, procurement, increased cyber capabilities, development, and provided tactical support to the warfighter through the stand-up of Cyber Warfare Battalion. Although we cannot speak about many of the accomplishments of the unit, Colonel Viles' most significant contribution to the brigade was his focus on the professionalism of the unit and his desire to take care of the soldiers and civilians. He held the leadership principle that people come first. And to Colonel Vile, um, people always come first. In addition, Vile thanked and recognized the Praetorian soldiers and army civilians for leading the way and solving America's most difficult problems in the cyber and information domain. And he is quoted saying, the Praetorians consistently push the limits, drive the conversation, and set the example for others to follow. From our developers to our operators, from Hawaii to Fort Gordon, the members of the 780th are agile, adaptive, building innovative solutions to achieve national objectives. The fruits of our efforts literally led the news, and every day we stand ready to use cyber effects to deter and, when directed, defeat our adversaries in and through cyberspace. None of these accomplishments are mine. They are the work of the Praetorians. Now, I want you to just hear that, listen to that, right? And try to digest it. Because, uh, you know, uh, there is um, a guy 
uh, who was um, a former CIA operations officer um, who worked the same armpits that I did. His last assignment prior to retirement in May of 2008, <laughs> ironic, so was mine, was um, ahead of the CIA's terrorist weapons of mass destruction unit. So he actually wrote an article, and I was so impressed to see one person find this. And I'm going to, um, I think it was retweeted, but um, he, he wrote a piece that's quite interesting. The Praetorian Guard began as a small unit focused on providing security for the senior leaders of the Roman Republic and thereby protecting Rome from its enemies. As the Republic became an empire and the empire grew, the Praetorian Guard expanded and changed, taking on vast intelligence and security roles and acquiring enormous power. Ultimately, the Guard, which had been created to safeguard Rome from external threats, came to wield huge political influence and to acquire the ability to install emperors of its choosing. See, I, 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 I'm going to stop right there and remind you how, you know, for the past uh, five years with my personal account that was eliminated from Twitter completely, all I did was post people that were part of that powerful yielding guard. <laughs> How do you know, Tori? Well, do you think that it's really headquartered from here? <laughs> it's not. Who was in charge of that? Who kings? Who makes kings? Who makes queens? Who puts politicians? You remember Mike Bloomberg? He, with his own mouth, said, do you know how much money I paid to put those people in Congress? Who executes it? It's done through the news, as you heard Colonel Vile say. It's done through the news. It's called reality hacking. And I've made it no secret that that was literally my job. Not on U.S. soil. And who was the one pulling the strings? It was J.O.B., Brennan was in charge of the offshores. And then he created, he kinged Obama. He was on his side when he was senator before he even ran. He knew exactly what he wanted because we created him. We created him out of nothing. And when you create life out of nothing, Simply to train and create the way you wish in your image, and you are not God, he is now the ruler. This is what I have been trying to explain. He is now the ruler. And this is why I have been working with other journalists to expose how there is a shadow government. The shadow government, the deep state that President Trump is talking about, has an army has a very strong one. But that army isn't just the one that is named. There are so many of us that have defected right now. You'll find them all over the internet in every single corner. You'll find them everywhere. And do you think that they're just Americans that are Praetorians? I'm sorry. The crown has a vast amount of them. Remember, they're what, like a second in line to have the most 
Uh, or were they the first? Yeah. The largest kingdom, the largest corporation to own land. Of course they have. All of them do. Their own reality hackers that they put together, right? In order to make sure that their ruler is untouched. That's how they do it. That is how they do it. (laughs) And all of us here talk about the deep state and we're thinking small. We're thinking Susan Rice, who just happened to put out the suicide awareness hotline number after Ghislaine Maxwell was arrested. Right. Okay. We're thinking, you know, Brennan. Brennan is a a well-polished, high-level knight. He's there. He runs things. But, you know, just like I've been told many times before, I should have never put women in this field. Yeah, why? (laughs) I was a pretty good, you know, employee. I listened. I did. I delivered hard. I gave them the the foundations to create ShadowNet, which, by the way, I'm going to be meeting up with the inventor of ShadowNet tomorrow. So, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting how things seem to change all the time. Their notions, everything. It's a global, global government. Stemming from 13 big leaders, uh, 13 groups of leaders, And the Praetorians are the ones that guard it. So it was a very important shift change. Very important shift change. Super important. Lennox is now in charge. Formerly, he was a national mission team leader and battalion commander from within the brigade, having led, listen, the Cyber Legion. It is um, pretty interesting because he was welcomed back to the Praetorian team by Colonel Vile. He said, uh, to Matt and Amy Lennox, my sincere welcome back to the Praetorian team. You know the brigade, you know the mission, and you know the leadership. I have no doubts you'll lead the Praetorians. The crown jewel of the United States Army with compassion, caring, and commitment to our soldiers and civilians. It's, uh, it's a pretty interesting, the wording, the statements, and what's moving along. Now, what we're seeing here is the same thing. These men, their job is to protect the state. They're supposed to be protecting the state, just like every Praetorian's job. You protect the state. You protect your nation at all costs, your nation. But it seems that under the Barack Hussein Obama administration, We've noticed that our top-level intelligence and law enforcement and everything have um, pretty much uh, told us uh, what we're supposed to be doing and how we're supposed to vote, who is supposed to put our as president. They did not want and they could not tolerate American citizens thinking that they have a choice to put a man like Donald Trump in office. He was unacceptable because he doesn't understand how things work, right? <laughs> I've, you know, I've been told that too <laughs> so many times. Mirror, so that's not how things work. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. Could you explain it to me? Because I'm super dumb. Uh, so they tried to go after President Trump. They have gone through his life with a fine-tooth comb, one of the most uh, evasive Private colonoscopies ever. Ever. And the thing is, 
everybody tells you who they are. I, I've made it clear, sort of. I don't want to make it that clear because I know they can't subpoena me here, but the feds can definitely knock down my, they're like literally in my building. So I don't need that. But I've made it clear that I was one of their own from the beginning. From the beginning when the internet happened, from the beginning when technology evolved, from the beginning. Why? Because I was great at patterns and I was really, really great at other things. I mean, they, they had me since I was young, so whatever, right? I, they trained me from a very, very young age under the guise of, of course, um, uh, programs for smart kids. So where and how is this going to shift is what we need to see. When I saw this shift command change, right? Ha. We see that the coup is active. It's in full swing. You know, General Flynn, right? Was head of the DIA. Remember that. He knows everything. And I told you that during his retirement ceremony, I stood there. I stood there. Clapper and Brennan were sitting next to each other, laughing and giggling. They were so happy. And John turns around, nods to us, and I'm like, I was devastated. My heart sank. I felt like I was chewing on my own arm. I, I couldn't even bear to say, like, I'm getting emotional just remembering how it was. Because there he is, being retired, because he said something was going to happen. And the guy that was supposed to give the speech was actually trying to mitigate exactly what Flynn said was going to happen on the day he was retiring. The irony, right? The irony. Barack Hussein Obama didn't like the fact that he was not on his side when it came to how to manipulate Iran. Many people say that. Now, a lot of people are like that. General Flynn was one of the lead Praetorians, but not for the Imperatrix, just like myself. You know, I'm not as good as he is, okay? I, I actually was, you know, a drudge. But it's about the nation. That was the message, the nation, not the ruler, the nation. And when you're in charge of guarding the ruler, it means that you get to pick them at some point because that's how powerful you are because you can manipulate thought, direction, and everything in between to make sure that the citizens stay on track with what you believe is the best thing because they know best. I've been saying it. This is the fourth unelected branch of government. I've been saying it a hundred times, millions of times. Fourth unelected branch of government. Fourth unelected. I'll tell you one way that we operated that was effective, and I've said this before. This was, this was something that was implemented during Operation Deep Freeze. Now, that's before my time, Okay. But, you know, the way you, you have a successful command is by ensuring 
that all the players, all the pieces that are working together for the common goal do not know the existence of another. You could be standing next to me. And we have chatted in our anonymous rooms on our forums. Uh, we have uh, spoken on, you know, our little secret circle uh, type uh, communications. And you wouldn't know me. We'd be standing next to each other and we wouldn't know. That is the way it goes. If you step back on uh, watching Twitter, you, you see a lot of people posting things. There's so many accounts. At one point, not the ones that retweet, but the ones that actually put uh, original content. If you step back, you can see who talks to who and who does what. You can see it. Just take a step back. I've always said, step on the moon. Take yourself out of the situation. Because when you remove yourself from the reality that you see, you can take a step back and you can see the big picture. Like today, what's the big picture? We see Khashoggi. We see Khashoggi in the news, don't we? Khashoggi, Khashoggi, Khashoggi. Why? Oh, Turkey's grandstanding, right? Oh, we're just going to try them anyway. They already had a trial. It's done. It's dusted. It's a Saudi issue. Why are the Turks jumping in? Because they're having problems, Right? We have generals and admirals, right, that have been tapped by the Praetorians to do their job. I've told you this before. A lot of people are like, well, that's unacceptable, Tori. You can't talk about general. I was like, dude, generals are the ones that make bank when they retire. Those are the corrupt ones. The ones that make bank. Oh, well, General Flynn, dude, he was separate. He actually, he didn't take federal tax dollars, shave off, and then pass it down a pyramid scheme. He did his own job because his job was necessary for what we need him today. This is it. This is exactly it. What you are seeing now, these Praetorians. Huh. General Flynn knows that there was nothing there. There was no there there. But he also knew what they're capable of. And he couldn't make it obvious to know how much he knew that they were capable of. That's a problem, right? It's a very big problem. And uh, just like many of us, many, many of us, we have put out articles, content, tweets, threads, you know, to kind of uh, reach out to other people that may be on the fence. Well, you know, I know how to do this. I used to be part of that. I don't like it. I think we need to move forward and get them hooked. I'll tell you what, a person I got in contact with back in 2018 was after my uh, Hurricane Electric article. He got with me because he saw the L3 IP address for the uh, transition team. You know who owns L3 Communications, right? The majority of it. Yeah, George Soros. So this is where you can see who can see what. Uh, your eyes can see it too. You can see it. You can see everything. You just need to believe that you can see it. Uh, make sense? Because we've been fed so much garbage. We don't even know what's right, what's wrong, what's left, what's right. We're so confused. But again, taking a step back, <laughs> it all comes into focus. It's like the camera, you know, when you're trying to take a picture, right? It comes into focus when you step back a little bit. So that's all you need to do. And then you'll understand exactly what's going on. 
Remember, this is this this whole Russia hoax was not a criminal investigation. They knew there was no crime. It was all about them to protect themselves. See, at one point when people get power, and I've said this before, they have to relinquish it. But a group like the Praetorians is not one that uh, thinks that, you know, they think they know better. I mean, if they can hijack your reality and you believe that you're going to die from coronavirus, they could hijack anything. That means they know best and you need to shut up and they will put who they want in whatever office they want, whenever they feel, in whatever nation, that's the way it goes. I mean, you think, you know, uh, Prime Minister Imran Khan was like, happenstance, happen chance. No, of course not. Do you think that uh, the IG of the NSA Stork is like, oh, it just so happened that President Trump wasn't given information that Barack Hussein Obama appointed him during the transition period on November 30th. And McCain was like, shh, 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 no talking. Just let it be. We'll get him to do it. It's like the Praetorians made sure that President Trump didn't see that the IG of the NSA that we have now was actually being recruited by the Ukraine to work for a foreign government for their corruption. You mean you wanted him to help you get away with crimes because we already had it. See, there's so many people out there. Ukraine this. Look at these leaks. Look at that leaks. Have you seen my articles? I already had that stuff. Because... We all have access to everything, but sometimes we put it out too early for, for, for people that are now starting to search for themselves. And that's done on purpose though, because it wasn't put out for the general public. The communications sometimes that are put out are not for the general public all the time. They're not. They're for other people that are doing something that are somewhere and they need it. Kind of like CNN's interview with Axelrod. As you could see, they were talking to the Biden campaign without talking to the guy Biden campaign. Did you catch it? Because this is how they talk. It's called dog whistling, right? This is how they talk. Incognito, under your nose, you're none the wiser, and they're just doing it. And you can't prove it. You can't say, well, we were talking about this. Doesn't mean we were doing this. Masks is another one, right? They're pushing it and pushing it. Why? Submission. If they can get you to do it. And you know what? I don't mind. I, I, I actually had uh, a mask that I would wear uh, whenever it was, um, whenever there was too much pollution, um, you know, just to, you know, when I would be out, whatever. Um, and sometimes on the plane when I felt sick. Because uh, I didn't want to give people cooties. That's what I hate. Uh, plain cooties. Everybody gets plain cooties. So, you know, I wouldn't mind. I'm just telling you guys. Whenever you fly, if you're like me that, 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 that has flown a lot, you learn that these masks can help you during flights. I'm just going to say. During flights, that's fine. Because that's where you smell everybody's farts. And you take in a lot of cooties. Um, uh, and it'll save you some time, not because you're not going to recoup because you're sick for like 24, 48 hours and we call it jet lag. It's actually cooties just so you know. Um, but, uh, they're, they're fine. But right now what, what they're trying to push is submission. This is a symbol of submission that you have submitted 
to what they have told you. You have accepted that truth. You must fear your neighbor. You must fear everyone because if you walk out that door, guess what? You're going to die. That's what they're telling you, and they want you to submit. And they're going to be pushing this and pushing this as hard as they can. After the break, uh, we're going to talk about Mount Rushmore. We're going to talk about what is happening. It's Fire Friday and what's happening behind the scenes, as well as a little bit of tidbit in regards to um, some news that's coming next week. I kind of mentioned it in the first hour. All right, welcome back, everyone. So I, I just wanted to say, my daughter told me during the break, Mom, did you say that you were going to get that camera that you've been looking at? And I was like, yeah, the, the because I have like a little piggy bank thing. And she was like, well, um, you know you're not going to be able to smoke on air, right? Because they're going to see you and they're going to smoke shame you. And I was like, yeah, I'm totally cool with that. Um, uh, so <laughs> that was funny because uh, my kid listens to me, which is kind of cool, too. Um, I thought she'd be tired of it. But she's not. And uh, neither are the youth. The youth are waking up and, uh, you know, they're starting to become vocal. These young kids uh, that are not allowed to be kids anymore, uh, that are constantly taught things that are go against them. Because remember, kids are blank canvases and they are molded and shaped by their parents. Obviously, we've seen the horrific pictures online with children feeling guilty for their skin color, right? These insane things and how teachers are trying to convince kids because they're wearing their daddy's big blue jersey that they want to be girls. And then they try to take the kid away from the parent because... Because the parent's not accepting, you know, uh, that the kid wants to be a girl when the kid never wanted to be a girl. It was just a dress because it was big and it didn't mean anything. But, you know, now I I want I I want you guys to, to know that even though things look really bad, please, your energy is the most important thing. Faith, above all, is the most important thing uh, your soul has and your heart has. That's the only thing. That is the only thing that they envy. Faith. Faith and hope. Because when you control and you command and you know and you say you know, in the end, you believe that there is no hope because there's always someone behind it. Isn't it like, I I don't know if you've ever met people, uh, if you've ever dated someone or met with someone that, uh, you know, uh, constantly accused you of cheating or you're lying or did you steal this? You know, that's because it's a reflection. Right. So these people believe faith and hope are stupid and they don't exist. And they superimpose that on you by tearing down every single dream you have. You have immense possibilities. This is why I love that speech. Don't ever tell anyone, anyone uh, that nothing can't be done. You could do anything. Anything you want, the more crazy it is, the better it is. I remember when I was, uh, when I was, um, I, I held a, a dinner for one of my dad's birthdays and, um, you know, I, I had just flown in. I, I was feeling the, you know, flight cooties and I, I sat there next to him and I was like so happy. All his friends, I had invited all the old fogies, there's wine and food and we were in Greece, right? I flew in there just for his birthday. And, you know, I remember telling him, he was like, so, you know, you know, when you were a kid, you used to tell me, uh, you know, I'm going to change the world. You know, how do you feel about it? And I was like, well, you know, 
dad because he was the only one that you know took a lot of things to his graves his grave for me he he i looked at him and i was like you know dad damn it you know i'm still gonna die young (laughs) i still think that but I also think that instead of famous, it's going to be infamous because I'm the, I'm the, I'm the tattletale. And he laughed and he was like, you know, you never snitch if you're going to get a stitch. <laughs> right? And, and, and that's something I've been snitching. I've been snitching a lot, snitching and pointing fingers. I can't wait for that moment when I can point the finger and said, he told me to take their passport data and point. Yep. I see him. He's right there. Hey, my kids can recognize him too. Hey. So, um, you know, bottom line is it's coming. It's just, it's, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, and it's on track, on track. Please understand that it's on track. You can see it. Now, me, uh, for example, I just, I, I just tweeted out that sometimes disinformation is important. Why? Reality hacking is all about changing someone's reality. Sometimes you say something to get ahead of things. So, for example, if you know that a person, uh, you know, uh, let's see, without giving it away. If you know that a person that does not like... Um, wine is coming to a party, um, you know, you kind of, you know, advertise at that party, right? That there's going to be wine there. So they don't go. I'm just saying. So sometimes when you know what they're going to do is coming, what do you do? You talk about it because in the end, if it happens, you're letting them know that I already know and I'm paying attention and here it is. That's what disinformation that's purposeful is because you hijack the reality that they've been hijacking. Um, these people are so evil, so eager to, they, they have such a big ego and I have to confess so many years of having a big ego because, Hey, you know what? There's a lot of things and a lot of achievements, just like, you know, uh, Colonel Vile said, and so ironic Vile said that, uh, the Praetorians have done that can't be mentioned. And there's a lot of things that I've done, but I could tell you that, you know, uh, uh, when I when I come in contact with a problem or someone or a situation, I'm thinking, man, I could eat that for lunch. Ten years ago, I would have said I'm eating it for lunch. It's a snack. Because I was in a position to see a big problem as something, as a nothing. I mean, here we are. We hijacked the Middle East reality. And not only that, of those leaders We hijacked the rest of the world to think that what we were doing was perfect and on point. What we did in Afghanistan, we hijacked their elections. We manipulated everything. We created a system to do it because, see, by creating these systems and these programs, we did so because it was the right thing to do to protect our state. In fact, it was to protect the rulers. And the rulers aren't the ones that you elect. They're not the ones that think about you. They think about themselves because they are also protecting their rulers. And the one thing that they use constantly against us, the one thing is to make us feel that we're helpless, that we should be scared, that we should, you know, be terrified because they will quash us. You know, not all insurance includes pedophiles and sex trafficking and, you know, uh, that insurance is slotted in with handlers at the highest levels, especially to their more dangerous people. But they use insurance like this. 
Let's pretend I was working for Nancy Pelosi, which, by the way, oh, Pelosi. We got to talk about her in China quickly. But I'm just going to say, say I'm a staffer for Nancy Pelosi. And I worked for her and, uh, you know, I was her administrative assistant in her office and everything. Now, Pelosi can't force me to have sex with a child, nor can she do something like that. And I'm just someone that's an administrator, not a big deal. Right. So what is she going to do to have insurance on me? She's going to say, oh, darling, Tori, do you want a house? Let me help you get a mortgage. Yeah, well, I can't afford it. My financials, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. And so you fudge your financials, kind of like, you know, how uh, Manafort did, right? Uh, you know, those, yeah. And um, they forge financials, and they're backed by Pelosi, so you get the mortgage, down the line in the future, if you ever want to tell on Pelosi, you have to admit that you committed financial fraud. How is that administrator ever going to come forward? They're not. Because they know what these people are capable of. At that point, you needed it. So, mm, right? You see? Speaking of Pelosi. So you guys get a little bit. Let's, let's travel back in time to when Pelosi had met JFK, where Pelosi was an active Democrat leader in California, how she, um, you know, rose up in the ranks. But what we have to remember is how she crowned herself important to the Chinese. Now, how is this? Do you know that Pelosi had gone to Tiananmen Square? And she did an Ocasio-Cortez. And when I say an Ocasio, remember when AOC went to the wall at a fence and was posing that she was screaming and in pain? You remember that? Remember when she was like, oh, my God, and crying, and they were taking pictures of her? That, that is what Pelosi did at Times Square. She walked out of a hotel, right? She walked out of a hotel with a sign protesting. Because she was a politician, she made it a big deal. And she told China, I'm going to crush you all over the world. Bow down to me. We need to work together or I'm going to crush you. I kid you not. She did. And here she is trying to crush our nation. Here's uh, her conference, her weekly press briefing. Listen to how she wants to give D.C. statehood. It's very important people start looking into the bylaws of Washington, D.C. and why this is extremely dangerous. ...transform the culture of policing, of job, but some don't. And this bill addresses that. And we're so proud that George Floyd's family allowed us to name the bill for him. They said it met his, their standards. That was last Thursday and last Friday. We proudly, for the first time, the House voted to grant statehood to the District of Columbia. Our, as members of Congress, again, our priority, and even all elected officials, safety is our top priority. If you're not, if the people aren't safe, what, the, what is the rest? Of, the rest of it doesn't matter as much. And matter of intelligence. Force protection is a top priority to protect our men and women in uniform. Oh, my gosh. Did you hear that? So they just voted to make D.C. a state. Huh. Have you read the bylaws? That's going to be sector one, like in the Hunger Games, right? This is where they're going to wear the really messed up lipstick and the hairdos and have, uh, you know, Big Brother shows going. Read the bylaws. Listen to what she said. Listen to what she said. To protect the state, right, 
to protect the people and give it to our people in uniform. Huh. Change of command, though, yesterday too, Pelosi. Before the initiation of hostilities or in response to them, when they are in danger, their protection is of the highest priority. And so when uh, there are allegations of uh, threats to our men and women in uniform, we expect the President of the United States to give them that same force protection, that same priority. But the Russians were not attacking and they were not paying the Taliban. See how they constantly repeat a mantra and make it seem as such as they're being targeted. This is the State Department. This is the international office. This is Molly Fee, the chick that I've been tweeting about for months now, right? Molly Fee, the one that got us with the weapons of mass destruction, the one that got us in Ethiopia, the one that messed up. How do you do that? Oh, man, I just... Blase, blase. And we are disappointed that that has not happened. In the last, I've called for Russian sanctions uh, to be expanded. In our last Russian sections, sanctions legislation, you may recall, uh, we had a strong bipartisan bill uh, that was to be sent to the president, but the White House said they wanted us to take out the sanctions on Russia that pertained to the intelligence and the defense sectors. Oh, so she didn't want us to be able to communicate with the intelligence that Russia has and for defense. You know, the stuff that we're talking about, like nuclear warheads coming in from the sky. Uh, She doesn't want that. She just, you know, we don't need that. Uh, Guys, just looking at her, listen. This D.C. statehood thing is a big deal. This is how they can protect themselves. This is how they stay away from getting in trouble. This is how they stay away from being gutted. This is where we narrow it down to the root, to the root, to the core. That is what's up. The very sector that is accused of possible threats on our men and women in uniform. We have to restore those. Whatever else happens of this, we must restore all those sanctions and we must act upon them. While we're in the international arena, as many of you know, I saw some of you there, this week Beijing passed its so-called national security law, which signals the death of the one country, two systems principle. When I say I saw some of you there, I meant... Uh, the Foreign Affairs Committee hearing yesterday as one who has worked on human rights in China in a bipartisan way with our colleagues. Do you know how she worked on human rights in China? I told you how, right? She went to a hotel in China, came out of the steps, posed just like AOC did at Times Square and said, this is human rights. I'm going to get everyone against you. You need to submit. Now that Mao's gone doesn't mean that you get to be independent. We're still in control. Submit. Bend the knee. That is exactly what I told you. We created the CCP. Truman helped do that. We did that. We did that. We created the China is the deep state. Understand this. We have been using them for that reason. We have been controlling them for that reason. We have suppressed them for that reason. What do you mean suppressed, Tori? That's 20% of the global population. Yeah, but when their elite get fed big fat bank accounts, right? And get fed 
unfeathered access to anything that they can imagine, you'll be surprised how easy they can control 20% of the world's population. It's all about money. Remember, the European Union would not have existed if the director of the IMF Lagarde hadn't accidentally came across, accidentally, savings accounts in Swiss banks, which are supposedly secret, released them, blackmailed them, and those that did not bend the knee for blackmail were put in prison. Yes, prime ministers, ministers of defense, ministers of commerce, across Europe. They jailed them. Some of them they poisoned. Some of them they killed. Some of them committed suicide. See, people don't remember this. The Lagarde list. Look it up. That's how did she do that? And once she did that as finance minister in France. Oh, and before that, she worked. This foreign citizen worked in Congress, worked in Congress. Okay. She then became the head of the IMF. You remember, it's the same chick that President Trump walked out on when they were talking money. The one where he was late to the meeting and then he walked out and ended with no communique with her. The one that pops up in every G20, G7, any meeting in the world, her bird face is there. Hmm. It's all a coincidence, right? It's all about money. It's all about blackmail. These people are bullies. They're mobsters. They're mafia people. They don't care about anything. They don't care about you. All they care about is power. And they are empowered by people that have been given unfettered power. Certain specific people. That instead of be, be like Tori, take that and make, use it for good. Whatever is intended for evil, you can turn it into good and it becomes good 20 million times. You know, I, I had a conversation a couple days ago with a guy from my church uh, that I ran into at my daughter's school. And we were talking about something. And, you know, I said, I, 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 I am a big fan of St. Cyprianus. He was a saint. Uh, he's a saint in the Orthodox uh, Christian community. Um, and you know why I like him? Redemption. He was supposedly a man of the black arts. He would command demons. He would do magic and everything. And he repented and gave his life to the Lord. He repented and gave his life to the Lord. See, the most dirtiest, the most corrupt, the most criminal, the most, the worst people on this planet are the ones that can save more people than anyone that's like a monk walking in clean. I say this again. Because if you're waiting to be saved by someone that has a clean slate, that hasn't committed any crime, hasn't committed any sin, hasn't done anything, then you're wrong. Look at who we have in office. We have a president that rubbed elbows with all of these disgusting existing beings. Ghislaine Maxwell, always flanked with her, never went to the island, always around them, never, ever, you know, with them, just around them, right? With them, just around them. You know your enemy best. I know exactly what John Brennan's doing other than sweating and, you know, pulling up his socks, you know, or... What is he doing now? Sitting down, freaking out, freaking out because he's being deposed constantly. Speaking of depositions and hidden grand jury materials, 
Oh, we're going to hear about how, uh, you know, the Supreme Court put a stay, just paused it and said, nope, Congress, you can't have information on grand jury testimony because the Supreme Court is hearing the appeal. Listen to this. As the Supreme Court agrees to take up the case of whether or not Congress should be given access to redacted grand jury testimony from the Mueller investigation. Democrats, of course, were anxious to get their hands on that before the election. The decision makes it likely that the testimony will not see the light of the day before the November election. Former Trump impeachment defense team member and former Whitewater independent counsel Robert Ray joining us now. Robert, great to see you. Uh, we remember instances in our lifetime when the Supreme Court got involved in a decision that affected uh, a, a, an election. I remember the, the, the Bush election in 2000, for example. I mean, it's not something the Supreme Court likes to do. Is that why they put this off until uh, after November? I'm not sure they necessarily did that on purpose, but that's, you know, that's obviously the effect. The point being that these things take time to make their way through the federal court system, which is to say through a district court, then the D.C. Uh, Circuit Court of Appeals and now on to the Supreme Court. The reason the Supreme Court took the case is because it presents a very challenging and difficult issue involving separation of powers. And the bottom line is that uh, there's a rule that applies to the release of grand jury material, yeah. and it can only be released in connection with a judicial proceeding. During the Watergate era, the, it was deemed to be close enough if the two branches of, a, of government that were affected agreed. And in that case, the judiciary, the House Judiciary Committee uh, and the executive branch agreed that the material should be released in, in connection with the Nixon impeachment. Right. Here, the administration has opposed it. And the Congress is attempting to obtain the material, and it was done only through a vote of the House Judiciary Committee. So it's not even clear, first, that it was an action of the, uh, the House of Representatives, and second, right. it was well, over the objection of the, uh, of the White House. Let's kind of get out of the weeds for a second, talk about what, what's really going on here. It's redacted material, the stuff that the grand jury, that's what they want access to, the Democrats. The redacted material that the grand jury listened to included a lot of salacious stuff that probably wasn't true. That happens with grand juries all the time. The Democrats wanted to see that material, potentially use it in, in the campaign uh, coming up in November. Uh, but it's, it's material, again, the basis of redacted material and grand jury information is that it's, it's, it can't be proven. It's salacious. A lot of it is hearsay. It's kind of like the Trump dossier. Uh, a lot of it probably isn't true, but they wanted access to it so they could leak it out and use it, correct? Right, and that's why there's a rule that prohibits its release uh, unless and until there's right. a court proceeding um, and it's also, you know, I think obvious to everyone that I don't really seriously think that the House of Representatives is going down the road of an, another impeachment proceeding. Yeah. So there's really no live proceeding and therefore no reason for the material hey, to be released. Robert, I'm sorry to, to interrupt, but I, I do. Yeah, he doesn't want him spewing any facts. He needs to go. Let's get going. Now, listen, let's close this weekend with one thing. We have to realize that every human being on this planet is good, innately good. We've said this, okay? We are now in the middle of a war that has ended already, but these are the battles that we're fighting to keep that flag up. Our Iwo Jima, Iwo Jima. We are holding up President Trump. We are behind him. 
How can we be free? We can be free under God. Not one God that the Pope wants to sign into a declaration in The Hague sometime in September. Beware of that. And I want to see my Catholic people getting upset on that. Evil is everywhere. And it hides in plain sight. It's kind of like the invisible man. But you have to have the right wavelength of light to expose it. And when it does, it's like, a, it's like Medusa. No, like a witch. It'll melt. And now they are unable to hide. They are showing you their true face. You can see them for the ugliness they are. You can see it. Physically, you can see it. They are ugly. They are evil. You see that we have people installed at the highest levels in our justice, FBI, CIA, other agencies, even the White House, the State Department is the worst. They have been trying to do everything. They have power and their power relies on you not knowing history, not knowing anything, basically being uneducated. That is the bottom line. The more you don't know, the easier it is for them to control you. It's kind of like going to a car mechanic and not knowing what a fan belt is, which is a simple fix. And he tells you you need to recondition your engine. You don't know any better, so he controls your pocket on that. It's not about politics, you guys. It's about preserving life as we know it. Biblical. Historian's wet dream. We are united against an enemy that has not been seen in light for a very long time. God bless and remember to pray today that we have averted the disaster they wish to conduct. God bless from everyone at Red State.